Today, we're going to talk about the power of meditation. And many of you know that I traveled to the top of Mount Abu in India with a wonderful group of people under the guide of Sister Jenna, who you're going to meet today. She runs the American Meditation Museum in Washington, D.C., and she's going to talk about what meditation not only means for ourselves, but what she believes it means for the world in 2019. To find solutions, clarity, love, power, and freedom. We are in the midst of complex times, and we will need to be honest, clear, strong, and intuitively aligned so we can make decisions. And plus, I want you to meet a couple of my friends who I traveled with throughout India and what meditation has come to mean to them in their own lives. That's today, right here on Rolanda On Demand. Road time. Welcome to Rolanda On Demand. I love my podcast because we not only tackle the tough issues of the day, but we deal with hot topics, celebrity interviews, and information that can help you in your business or relationships. This is Rolanda On Demand. All right, Angela Holton, I'm a coach and speaker, and I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me, Rolanda. I cultivated my own practice. I just knew I wanted something different in my life. I knew what I was doing wasn't working. I knew there had to be something more, so I taught myself and I created a practice that works for me. I've meditated daily, consistently for six and a half years. I can't start my day without it. Meditation means a lot to Paul Loftenegger as well. Um, I'm an international singer and songwriter and I write music to inspire global love and kindness from within. Long story short, my dad took his own life in 2011 which led me to the last eight years sort of doing what I do. And um, I'm sort of self-taught as well, but I think all of us, I think what I want to say is meditation in, in really the truest sense is just reflection. And I think a lot of people get stuck on what it is. It's the internal space in reflection of itself. So mm-hmm. I just wanted to say that because I think everybody's just like, oh, I'm not a good meditator. Really, that's not really true. All it is is it's just being introspective from within. You know what was so cool, which I think I, I learned, was that meditation isn't about just wiping your whole brain of any thought, because that's impossible to do. That's what the brain is there to do. But it, it's more of a quieting of the mind and choosing, for me, it became choosing at least the top two things you'll deal with in that mind flood, you know, oh, Angela. <laughs> so how do you quiet it down? I just want to reiterate what Paul said. You know, for me, meditation has three, serves three purposes. And one is to exercise compassion for myself. All about the compassion journey. And I, you know, it's about that inner reflection, that inner quiet and knowing how am I speaking to myself? What am I saying? What are the thoughts that I'm keeping? What are the emotions that I'm holding on to? And then the other part of that is bringing me to the present moment. It's about mindfulness, right? So that I'm mindful of my words, my thoughts, my actions, not while I'm just seated in my meditation, but how that translates off my, in the real world. And then the third part for me, which may not be for everyone, it's that inner reflection connecting to my higher power, the God, divine source energy. That's what's important for me. Having a focused mind and awareness of your thoughts, be aware of the thought that you're keeping. And if you want different thoughts, 
switch the thought. And so for me, I think you were going to ask me how, were you going to ask me how I lead to that? How I, well, you know what I was, you might've pulled it right out of my brain because I didn't ask it yet, but I was going to ask, how do you do it? I mean, how do you, when, let's start from the beginning, you wake up or do you go, when do you do it? Where do you do it? Do you light a candle? Do you, what do you say to yourself? Help us break that down because it seems so esoteric to most people. Yeah, it is esoteric. And I think that's the important thing about demystifying meditation because people don't do it because they think there's rules or like Paul said, I'm not good at it. I can't do it. First of all, eradicate all judgment about it. Just do it. Right. You have your breath, your stillness, your quiet, you're meditating. You know, people are like, do I have to sit in a lotus yogi position? I don't believe so. I sit up in my bed. I prop up my pillows. I like to put my hands with my heart because for me, my hands on my heart, feeling that vibration of the energy and power of my heart connects me to my inner stillness, my higher power. It just takes me to another place. And then I put on a little music or not. And I will repeat a mantra in my mind over and over again. And usually it's, I got this from Louise Hay, um, which is I deeply and completely love and accept myself. I deeply and completely love and accept myself. And I'll just say that over and over again. And I'll say it in my mind, but I'll speak it from my heart. Mm. Mm. I love that. I love that deep breath also. And one of the things that I I love to, to remember when I'm taking that deep breath is breathing is so deep, like for seven seconds or something that it pulls from out up under your feet. And then when you breathe out, you feel like you're blowing out of your head, <laughs> but yeah. it's just that whole, but it, it, it calms you and it gets you ready for sleep. A lot of people listening can't sleep at night are having sleepless sleeplessness in America syndromes. And uh, that deep breathing and meditation is great too. How has it best served you, Paul? And did you get any revelations in India, a whole new take? Because let's face it, y'all, we were in the meditation place. I think that we need to do a life review at some point, wherever that happens naturally. For me, it was when my dad died. But I think that what meditation is, is it's sort of a restructuring of who you are where you come from, also what you've been taught and what you have sort of been taught and not known, you've been sort of limited in your beliefs by other people sort of giving you that space that might be something that's less than you really are as your highest self. So for me, what happened after my dad died, I actually, for the first time in my life, didn't care. I was a people pleaser. I didn't care about anyone for the first time. And I know that might sound really harsh, but I used to always serve people without really considering myself and my needs. And for me, what happened after my dad died, it was sort of like a non-negotiable where I had to become, I think, ultimately myself again. And I had lost who I was for a long time. So I was, I had an experience with God. I mean, this is my, this is what happened to me. And God sort of came to me and was like, you know, there will be blessings that come from this and you will be someone that's totally different. It's kind of the start of the messages that started coming through. And for me, meditation, it's like I used to pray, but I, I didn't really understand meditation. And then all I did was then meditate and not pray. I stopped praying actually after my dad died. Mm. All I did was just go inside because it's where God was showing. As God was always with me because I did about the external world. Mm. And I know that's brutal, but as I've sort of kind of opened up doing what I do, and I think it's time to stand up for humanity. I think we're at that precipice right now. Mm-hmm. I think meditation is good for all of us because there is so much craziness going on in the world. I mean, you can't help. I, I don't know about y'all. I walk down the street. I can't help but absorb it. You know, it's just out there. And I think that, you know, a lot of what I learned in India also was just staying in your lane and you be the best example of what it is you want to see in the universe. 
And a lot of that is a lot of us having to turn within. I know, you know, Angela, we talked a lot about this. I went to India searching for more. There are times, yeah, I do a lot of really cool stuff. I mean, I think we all do. But when it comes down to what is really nourishing your soul, what is making you feel like your feet on this earth actually matter to somebody, um, are you doing enough of that? And maybe that's the time in my life now that I'm in, that I start reflecting on that. But it is important, and it is important now, especially now with all this craziness, is to turn within ourselves. How do you feel about that purpose? And, and, and I'm sure meditation, there's no question that helps us all do that. That's why I would encourage it for half of the craziness going on. I mean, I think that's where it begins, right? I think that inner quiet, that inner reflection helps us be more responsive to people rather than reactive, right? And that's what I noticed in India, that even amongst all this chaos, it was organized chaos. Chaos. Kindness. <laughs> and I, I really kind of, I was on this really high vibration the whole time I was there. But I still realized I could be a kinder person. Mm-hmm. You know, it's easy to say you're kind and you're loving and you're nice when things are well and you're around people that are easy to love and get along with. But when things in life and people rub up against you, mm-hmm. how do you respond? And in India, things were constantly, right, rubbing up against oh, us. It right? was so crazy. And so it challenged everything. And so really that meditation practice helps build that muscle, right, that responsive muscle. So in India, I enjoyed the crazy. I don't know how, why, but <laughs> it doesn't quite translate when I get home as much. It helps. Yeah, it helped for sure. But I think the vibration of the energy in India was so palpable and so high. Yeah. It, it, we, it just infused all of us. So, I mean... Yeah, check this out, y'all. So we're in the meditation temple. It's all woo-woo and quiet. And <laughs> the guide comes in and says, could everyone please leave the temple? Now, we Americans thought it's because we were talking or something. We were getting in trouble, but they asked us to leave. And so we get out, and of course, me, curious, is like, why did we have to leave? He says, there was a snake. Now, we're in India. We may not be talking about a garden snake here, people. This could be a mighty python or something. (laughs) So we got our happy asses up out of that temple. But I said, what did you do? Now, the American in me, Paul, wanted to say, did you kill it? (laughs) (laughs) He said, no. I said, well, what did you do? He said, we ask it to leave. (laughs) Oh, I missed that conversation. I said, well, I'll be doggone. Yeah. Because, and it left. And do you remember going into those those classes and things and gatherings and there was that huge uh, beehive above the entrance oh. Oh swarming God. with bees? <laughs> Not one bee stung anybody. Wow. Americans would have torched that thing. <laughs> we would have burned wild. that thing. Like, there was like five huge, like massive. Huge. I've never seen anything like that. And they were swarming with bees. It was like... And then I said, and then I was went to one of the guys. I said, did you kill it? <laughs> he said, no, they just sweep them aside and they never bother anybody. He said, you would have to kill the queen to kill all those bees. And you don't want to go in there digging for the queen. So you might as well just make friends. But I thought that's so unlike any experience. Let's talk about stuff like that, y'all, because just not only meditation was something that has enriched our lives from from far away. I think the whole idea of trying something so totally new and different, stretching out there and what you achieve by doing that. A lot of us are in a rut right now. We're feeling sorry for ourselves. It's cold. We don't get outside and we're just there. 
And, you know, you got to dream bigger than your own block, man. You got to go out, go to India, go someplace crazy. For me, it came from admitting that I needed more. My backstory is I went to the meditation museum that Sister Jenna, you're going to meet at the end of this interview. Um, Sister Jenna was my encouragement. She's down in in Washington, D.C., Virginia, that area. Um, has a meditation museum, American Meditation Museum. I delivered a speech there about my book, Destiny Lingers, and I admitted to her, I, I'm, I need more in my life. I need more, more. And she said, well, you need to come to India. And boy, <laughs> did that change my life. I ended up speaking there before 8,000 people at the Global, Global Peace Summit and met Paul and, and Angela and a group of about 30 fabulous, wonderful people from all over the world. And she, you know, here we are still friends, but I have to admit, I think, you know, whether I meditate every day or not, I know that I walk differently. There's something, there was a click, there was a change. So I encourage people, number one, to try something new, particularly things that are going to quiet your mind and better the earth there before, um, but also things that take you out of your norm and out of your comfort zones. I think that's where we grow as well. Well, I have to tell you, one of the things that happened in India with you guys, first of all, I loved meeting you. You were like the (laughs) highlight of my, I just loved every moment that I had with you. We laughed the entire time. We never stopped laughing. You know, you saying, go do something outside of your comfort zone because something cool will happen. And I think this then goes to the question of the universe is serving us, but we have to be a part of it. That's right. meditation does is it gives you I think ultimately a space of your heart instead of your mind that you lead with so your heart is yearning for something and meditation is the answering of that heart call you're right Mm, very good that was so good Paul the heart is electromagnetically more powerful than the brain so we really are co-creating from our heart space that's where we manifest and so I just want to add that but you know I'm so glad that I stepped out of every fear that I had and went to India. You don't have fears. What? Oh my God. India brought, up, India brought up everything for me. The 15 hour flight, which I travel all the time, but look, I don't say I don't like flying. I don't like turbulence. So I had so much reservation and anxiety about the flight. Then I had so many warnings. And it's, it's a long flight. Long flight. <laughs> I was warned about the food. I was warned about the driving. I was warned about the four-hour drive around the mountain. I was, it was just all this negativity. <laughs> I'd be like, I don't know if I can do this. I just don't think I can even go. And I'm so glad I didn't listen to other people's thoughts and my own thoughts. And that I pushed myself and leaned into my fear, leaned into that anxiety and had the most transformational experience of my life. I met all of you, never laughed so much. I was like a child on the mountain and I would have missed all of that had I succumbed to my fears and reservation. And really it was getting out of my head because that's all it was, was just fear trying to stop me. And so that comfort zone, it's just not a fun place to be in. It's not where growth happens. You got to get out of it. You got to experience life, people, and get out of your cubicle. Right. But I'm going to tell you, I complained. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I was with you. I was sweet. We were there 13 days, y'all. 13 days is a long time in India. Oh, Miss Boo. I miss me. Look, I know what holy cow comes from, and it's not from seeing a steak. (laughs) But we were under a whole vegetarian situation for 13 days, and I am 
I am, will admit it, I'm a carnivore. Not as much as I used to be before, Andy. I will admit it did it did touch me. Y'all saw me put a vegetarian meal on Facebook the other day. <laughs> but, I'm proud of you. But y'all remember on Gandhi Day when I had been wanting steak for so long and here I am doing the IG Live and I'm talking about the cows and how sacred they are. And the cow actually put it... <laughs> And I, you know, something, and you know, you were talking, Angela, about the flow of the energy. I just moved out the way. People in America were like, weren't you scared? Did you kill it? <laughs> I was like, no. But, but I do believe this. The, the, Sister Jenna kept saying, that cow knew you like steak. <laughs> and he was messing with you. But I said, I got butted by a holy cow on Gandhi Day in India. That ain't bad for no. an experience. <laughs> Yolanda, you were the best because, like, you did so well. But by day 10, you were like, Ooh, day 10. Y'all, day 10, I was done. And I like it members, people saying, bring some nabs. <laughs> bring some nabs to India. You better pack that suitcase with some nabs. Woo, they were right. We were eating nuts and things like that. <laughs> then, you know, you got to get sick because your body's not used to that thing. And I tell you, it was something else. But I, I, I would not have traded it for the world. It was a great, great experience. So, yeah, <laughs> sometimes you got to step out. We'll be right back with more from Angela and Paul right after this. Plus, a little later, Sister Jenna from the American Meditation Museum in Washington, D.C. joins us. Thank you so much for listening to Rolanda On Demand. Please be sure to subscribe and share with your friends. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Bold Radio, it's Rolanda. Make the list of your dreams. Mm. Are you into the list thing? I'm always thinking about what I'm grateful for. I did categories. So I did finances. I did health and fitness. I did family. And what do you put in those categories? So, for example, in health and fitness, I want to continue to work out at least three days a week. Did you read my list? (laughs) There's more Rolanda next. Talk, listen, connect. And don't forget to subscribe to this show, Rolanda On Demand. Please subscribe, give me a rating, and please share with your friends. I would love to hear from you. And please follow me on social media at Rolanda Watts, R-O-L-O-N-D-A. Now, let's get back to Angela and Paul. It's row time. Welcome back to Rolanda On Demand. Sister Jenna from the American Meditation Museum in Washington, D.C. is going to join us in just a bit. But first, Angela and Paul, share some ways we can follow them. So um, I came back and I started what I call my karma coaching, um, which is my coaching services that I provide based on donation because God spoke to me in India and said, you're to serve all of my people and not turn anyone away. I have discovered purpose for my life. You know, not just purpose in the work that I do, but just purpose in how I show up in my relationships. For me, life is about purpose. So what came through for me louder is to help people serve in their purpose. Going through the meditation process, reconditioning the mind and the belief systems, and getting rid of that negative voice that says you don't have a purpose. Where can we find this online course? Uh, Lovesanctuary.com. Lovesanctuary.com. Well, y'all get on over there. Instagram, Angela N. Holton, or Facebook, Angela N. Holton. And then one thing I just wanted to say, because I read this quote today and I really love it. It's from the Dalai Lama's, um, basically the first day of this year, 
calendar that I have. And I think this is really cool for meditation. So studying Buddhist teaching is a bit like doing construction work on the mind. And I like that. So we need to do construction work on our crazy minds these days, or we're going to just self-combust. So I think meditation is sort of that reconstruction of the mind. Yeah, but the self-awareness, it starts with that. Sometimes you got to be aware that your mind is in shambles and you (laughs) you deserve to be a tower. I can't thank you enough, Angela and Paul, for joining me today on Rolanda On Demand. I hope that we inspire people to go out and do something new, try something new, live their life full of passion and um, always uh, keeping themselves in the center of their love hearts and minds and spirits as well. Just a minute, I'm going to run a wonderful interview that I just had with Sister Jenna, the lady who brought us all together and got us to the top of Mount Abu, meditating in India. Stay tuned to Rolanda On Demand. Bold Radio, it's Rolanda. I can only imagine that this has changed your lives as well, David and Divine, that helping people really does make a difference in your world, doesn't it, Dee? I just want to say that, yeah, you're right. You know, um, just walking this path has been a very beautiful path. And now I'm just dedicated to making a living off a giving. Making a living off a giving. There's more Rolanda next. Talk, listen, connect. C-Suite Radio. It's road time. Welcome back to Rolanda On Demand. Just a really quick reminder to do me one big favor, please. Could you please subscribe to the show? Just hit that little button and subscribe so that you don't miss any of the great podcasts that I have coming up. And also go back and enjoy some of those in the archives. Please follow me on social media at Rolanda Watts, that's R-O-L-O-N-D-A-W-A-T-T-S, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Rolanda Watts. Thank you so much for listening to Rolanda On Demand. And now let me introduce you to Sister Jenna, who is such a dear heart and who was really responsible for getting me to India and changing my whole mind about a lot of things, including meditation. To find solutions, clarity, love, power, and freedom. We are in the midst of complex times, and we will need to be honest, clear, strong, and intuitively aligned so we can make decisions. She runs the Meditation Museum in Washington, D.C., and she's quite an evolutionary leader with the Brahma Kumaris Meditation Group. Om Shanti, Sister Jenna. It is so nice to connect with you. Always nice to be with you because you always make me laugh. <laughs> well, I think we laughed all across India. <laughs> mm-hmm. especially, when, especially when that cow butted you. That was the I best know. part. <laughs> On Gandhi's birthday, I get butted by a cow. That's like crazy. But I think I was one of the few uh, carnivorous beings on our trip. It was it was uh, quite interesting. Quite interesting. You know, I always hear when people use the word interesting, they never really have the quite words. They're not sure if it was great or if it was a disaster. (laughs) It was absolutely great. I mean, I tell you what I loved about it and what was so beautiful, sister, is that 
I had spoken to you very honestly about uh, just needing more. Uh, you know, I think that that mm-hmm. all of us do, you know, really cool things, but you know, we really yearn to do things that have purpose and that really matter. And mm-hmm. I, I told you I was looking for more and boy, what did I say that for? You sure took <laughs> <laughs> more, but it was one of the most amazing experience, experiences. And you grow when you're not in your comfort zone, when you can't have a steak and you can't. <laughs> Everyone, I have to tell you that, you know, there, there's Rolanda walking down the street in Mount Abu, India. And, um, you know, the cows, the goats, everything just has free space. That's why it's the largest democracy in the entire universe. <laughs> and she was yearning, yearning for some meat, okay, because it was total vegetarian. Thank God it wasn't vegan because I made you that potato and cheese to save oh, the day. <laughs> but but there she is, and she's just doing a little, you know, a little video, you know, journal about her trip, and all of a sudden this cow comes and bumps her, especially right before she mentioned about the meat. And I told her, see, she was getting you back for all of her relatives that you have consumed. <laughs> <laughs> but it is fascinating, you know, when you go from a country that, loves beef and then you go mm-hmm. to a country that worships beef in a different kind totally different kind of way it was mm-hmm. certainly um it was it was it was interesting as i said yeah. i dropped 12 yeah. pounds i was very happy but how much fun was that and you know it was so much fun to be with people who you know each of us were on our own spiritual journey and and i just say to you know to my listeners if you ever get an opportunity to do something totally outside of your comfort zone where you can expand as a human being, then, then go for it. I think that's so, so important. Let's talk about what you're doing. I mean, I think it's darn impressive to be an evolutionary leader. And I don't know what it was, but something gave me such a deep, deep, deeper conviction of my role and the changes that I'm going through, especially in 2019. And yes, I've done a lot. And I'm sure that God will continue to use me to do a lot. So guys, I'm just letting you know, um, just just try to um, amplify your discerning power to, to seep into or to look into, you know, what's really at your base of showing up for your relationships and even for the business that you do. It's got to be true. It doesn't necessarily have to mean numbers, even though I'd love for everyone to listen to our conversation today. <laughs> and they will they will yeah yeah you know, you what, know I, what i mean yeah but you know what i'm finding is that mm. the things that you stand for sister jenna are something that seems to be resonating throughout humanity right now i, I see mm-hmm. people really getting into meditation um there's something happening. I mean, meditation seems to be the, I don't want to say trendy thing, but it certainly Mm. is uh, growing in its popularity. Why do you think that's so? I think that when the energy and the times and the narratives are really, really at an all-time high in intensity of darkness, which I would call algae, you know, my favorite acronym. I know and for anger. to our listeners. I love this. And, and I love, you know, what I say, I say, well, sister Jenna told me that when you wake up sometimes like at four o'clock in the morning and you, you don't know why you're up at four, it's probably because of algae. Now explain what algae is, sister Jenna. <laughs> well, algae is an acronym that I use all the time. A for anger, L for lust, G for greed, A for attachment and E for ego. And that's what's 
this, that's what disturbs our spirit. In various religious terminologies, people would call it different things. Devil, the dark energy, the dark night of the soul, whatever it might be. And a lot of us have often thought it's an energy outside of us. But I think what's happening with the world right now is that that energy is increasing in all of us to such an extent that it's no longer being hidden. And so we're seeing it in our policies, in our government, in religion, in science, in, 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 in companies and corporations. We're seeing it in our communities. And that's where sometimes tragedy becomes the wake-up call to having us go deeper now to find the jewels that really are always there. And so meditation has been around always. And actually, 25, 30 years ago when we started, when I started, on my path of meditation, people thought we were really weird and strange. Mm-hmm. And so I think it goes through different you know, periods of time in history where it goes into remission and it's like, okay, let's party and have a great time. But then when you get so inebriated with algae, you're like, oh, wait, let me go back to what is real. Mm-hmm. And I think we're in that cycle now where we are all beginning to feel this is not where I need to go. I don't need to feed this energy anymore. Sort of like somebody who gets diabetes, right? Uh-huh. Um, when we were younger, we could do all that candy and sweets as much as we could. But then when we were diagnosed with, with diabetes or something, we go, you can't do that much anymore. Mm. So I think algae also has its limit in our psyche and in our consciousness. And that's what we're seeing. And so meditation, yoga, when you were sharing that your life is calling you to do things with deeper meaning and purpose. Mm-hmm. That's that's your energy in you too. It's just like, no, Ro, I know there's more to me than just what's on the outside of me. Right. I love the exercise you did with us in India where mm-hmm. you said, what if you weren't a name? What if mm-hmm. you didn't have this body? What if you didn't have, you know, you took all of us, the name away, the body away, the, and then it's like, now who are you? You know, that was that was an interesting way to look at things as well is because you, meditation can't help it help it help you look deeper into yourself. Because the labels have distracted us from our virtues, the labels distracted us from our virtues and our true quality of being. And you have to ask yourself, what were you before you were born? And you were not a man. You were not a woman. You were not Christian. You weren't Jew. You are loving, pure energy. And when we kind of peel off the familiarity and the attachments that we now have become so normalized in, we start to feel again. We start to have these original, innate, sentient feelings, which are governed by principles and values and virtues. So when you play your part as Rolanda, that won't be hidden. When you play your part as a teacher, it's not hidden. When you play your part as a race car driver, it won't be hidden. You can play the part of a president. That character, the virtue, the godliness will not be hidden. It's when there's a lack of those qualities, when you have forgotten that this is you, this is your essence, and you start to attach to the role and the identity and the money and the fame and the power, you begin to compromise that, which is eternal for something limited. Mm-hmm. And that's how we're starting to see so much algae becoming rampant on our planet. 
we're the only we're the only human beings on the planet that are kind of like inspired to almost destroy each other for no particular reason to mankind and that means that we are also the species that can restore each other and our planet to explain to people what exactly meditation is and i and i was I, I was fascinated to find out that it isn't just completely emptying your mind. Thank God to that, because I don't think I'd be doing it. Um, one thing I'd like all the listeners to accept in their hearts, really, meditation is not about emptying the mind, because the soul is in the body, your living energy, your spirit is in your body, and it's come with a story that it really enjoys playing out. But what we attempt to do in meditation, and there are various forms of meditation practice, so I I would suggest that you look for the one that comforts your spirit until perhaps it takes you to another process, to another process. So for me, I believe the deep benefit of meditation is to bring us to an extreme clear idea of what thoughts are based on the original eternal worth and value of my existence as a soul versus the thoughts that move me more into algae. So when I'm meditating, my discerning abilities become extremely sharp and I become very clear that's not the thought that I want to have and that's certainly not the feeling I want to serve. And so when you become to that realization, you, you, you become a better version. You become a better person because you can feel the negative energy getting less and your true energy becoming more expanded and more accumulated. So that's the benefit of the meditation that I teach, which is from the Brahma Kumaris and Raj Yoga meditation. You've been such a, a huge part of that movement. You, you started the... The, the branch of the Brahma Kumaris in Washington, D.C., or you're the director and the founder. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, what happens is like the Brahma Kumaris um, started about 83, 84 years ago. And Brahma Baba, who had a download, he, you know, some of us are actually catching our connection of God's light through us. Some of us are feeling its streaming energy through us. Some of us are feeling an initial download of God's vibration through us. And some of us are actually moving with that energy, which is what Brahma Baba did in 1936. And so right after his experience, people were turning to him, Rolanda, Mm -hmm. and they were going, what is it about you? You're different. I'm sure when you got back from India, your friends were like, girl, you look good. (laughs) It's like like they would just, they could see there's an illumination happening in you, even if you must have been exhausted from the long trip. There's still an energy. There's still an energy there. There's happy. There's still an energy um, functioning inside of you. So, um, When his community in Sindh, Pakistan felt that, he realized something had shifted. But a few years later, the download again was like, the world changing will not be a man's job. It'll be the job of the mothers. And he was very specific. He said, it'll be the world, it'll be the work of the mothers. And of course, the young sisters. And that's where the Rama Kumaris handed over the leadership of so many amazing women that you met one, Daddy Janky, right. who's 103. Yeah, and you can feel the purity and the essence, I'm sure, when you met some of these elders right. in our community, right? No question. And so what happened was um, he basically just says, you know your soul, 
You know, God is the supreme energy of love and purity. And the more you bring that energy in you, you will make God omnipresent on the planet. Go out and let everyone know how to connect to source. And that's what they did. So here they are 80-something years later with 9,000 branches in 120 countries. And we are massively doing things that will move us more into the future than into the past. So we're into the environment, into women empowerment, into youth empowerment, into nutrition and health, uh, science, so many things. Because, as I mentioned earlier, if you can bring those qualities of love and divinity and goodness in you, imagine how your intellect begins to think if you're a scientist. Imagine how your intellect thinks if you're cooking. Imagine how your intellect will think when you raise your children, when you lead a country, because the quality of that characteristic cannot be hidden through your decisions. Mm-hmm. And that's what Brahma Baba taught. And so the Brahma Kumaris is really, um, to me, family, home. I've been involved since I was seven because of my mother's um, involvement and my stepfather's. And I've loved every bit of it. I'm an anomaly. I'm very different than the rest of my family members. <laughs> and I'm okay about that. I mean, I'll go in front of Daddy at 103 and she'll still correct me. And I love it. That means she cares. Well, you know, one of the things I'm so impressed with was um, how it originated with women long before that was really even, you know, it was kind of unheard of to start a whole organization of women back in the day. So now we've got this Me Too movement. We've got uh, women empowerment. I I am so struck with the memory of how the women in India were so... Um, encouraged to hear what we had to say and to see us. And, and they are going through changes as women mm-hmm. as are all over the world. What, um, what would you say to give women strength in this new year? Or where do you see this movement going? I think it's in imperative for women to really begin to do some paying attention to um, breaking the old story that has been passed down from so many generations to them. Because even now, the Me Too movement, I think, is still struggling for them to really even try to understand, well, what is my version? What is what is the version of woman today? And I introduce to you the insights of the deities, uh, the female gods, you know, the female goddesses who all emanated a particular virtue and quality and character and spirit that was their force and their power. So I think that we shouldn't, you know, compete too much with the male dominant uh, roles, but we should definitely become aware that um, our ability to, to come from that I would just say that God-centered place where there is such a power in you. People can criticize you. They can judge you. They can love you. They can hate you. They can like you. But you're stable. You're still the same in and out because you know who you are. So my role for my, my advice for women nowadays is go a little bit deeper until you can touch the essence of your purity and your innocence, and your power of love in you, that you're so comfortable with that experience that nothing can stop you. I feel I live that. Nothing Mm -hmm. has stopped me because 
I'm so rooted in my relationship with God, and that's for me. That's private, but it doesn't get hidden by the work that I accomplish. Right. Now, whether somebody acknowledges that or not, it's not, I don't, it's not important. What's important to me is that my spirit takes with me to my next journey, the, the beautiful, um, truthful way I've lived. And that's where we all need to be as men and women to begin to live a more truthful existence. So I feel the Me Too movement is really about the focusing of your connection to a higher version of yourself, what has to do with your spiritual integrity, your spiritual connection to source, to God, and to keep observing how you bring that in your decisions, how you bring that in expressing the way you live your life. Mm-hmm. How in the world are you bringing all of that peace, calm, respect, compassion, and spirituality to Washington, D.C.? <laughs> you know, I've just, uh, oh, I'd love everyone to tune into Conscious Good Media. I've just released a, just a simple t- television segment where I introduce quite a number of members on the Hill. And I introduced Congressman Tim Ryan, um, Emmanuel Cleaver, who was once the former DNC, and uh, former Congressman Charles Rangel, uh, Tony Cardenas, and, um, and um, the Honorable Annette Lantos, who is the wife of former um, Congressman Tom Lantos. And in my interview, everyone, I literally went into the heart, heart of these, le- these leaders, and I asked them, what's your role? What's your, what's your relationship with God? And what does the soul mean to you? And what's your vision of America? And, and what do we need to do? And how do we get out of this? And they answered. And so I really want to recommend everyone to go and check those out because you'll never hear members of Congress speak from a spiritual um, level of um, communication. So I think that my role is that um, I'm not going to tell them what to do, but I think the conversations that I have with leaders at some point on their journey in life, it just might impact them when they do make their votes. It's a charged time. And I think we need to go through this as a country. Unfortunately, I don't want us to go through this as a country, but we are going through it. And it's my pure wish that America amplifies its spirituality so it can survive this because the algae right now is so charged that if we don't make our light brighter than the darkness, I don't know what we're really going to do. You're right. I did your inner world the guided meditation. And that CD, which is my latest, um, really is about the journey of different stages of consciousness that we go through. And so I positioned it where we enter into these rooms of thought, from the room of innocence to the room of challenge to the room of darkness, and there's also a room of light. Coming through the bottom, the top, and the sides of the door. Cautiously, you pause for a moment, questioning, should I enter this room? Wanting to go back in any room but this one. But the irony about this new album, everyone, is that every room of consciousness you enter, whether it was the challenge or the dark night of the soul, there was God's light sitting there saying, I'm here for you. If you need me, I'm here. Just use me. And so that latest um, album is out, and it's really a a little bit of my healing album. Mm -hmm. So it's your inner world guided meditation. 
I just like to tell the world, please wake up. Um, and if you're awake, challenge everyone around you to stay awake with you because it's a time in which we need to hold each other up and not push each other down. And particularly women who are learning how to support each other on various levels. Even if you see one of your sister friends are climbing, check if there's any jealousy stirring in your system because that jealousy is an energy that will try to hold her back, but it will definitely hold you back. And so we're in this age of enlightenment, which means not a destination, but to value that exact moment in which you are a catalyst for pure feelings, good wishes, and blessings. Just keep blessing people and you will protect your life. And that's my message for everyone. And take care of yourselves, everyone. It's the age of self-care so that you can care for others pretty well. Thank you so much. (laughs) Take care. Bye-bye. Please be sure to check out Sister Jenna at the American Meditation Museum in Washington, D.C., and also with the Brahma Kumaris of Washington, D.C., and you can also check out her new CD called Your Inner World. I certainly hope you've had a good time today. I know I have, and I hope I blew your brain out in a little way to go and try something new. I want to thank you so much for taking the time to listen to Rolanda On Demand, and I hope that you will please subscribe, rate the show, share with friends, talk me up. Share me on social media, at Rolanda Watts on Facebook, Insta, Twitter, LinkedIn, all of them. And also follow all the other podcasts that we have here on the C-Suite Radio Network. I'm so proud to be part of this new network. If you get a chance, remember we're coming into the season of romance, so pick up my romance suspense novel, Destiny Lingers, which is endorsed by Dr. Maya Angelou, and you can get that right over there on Amazon, and I'm happy to say it will soon be out in audio form. I tell you, doing an audio book is a lot of work, and I got a couple of them coming out, and you're going to be really excited about this news I'm going to have to tell you very soon. So stay tuned. Once again, please subscribe to the show, and have a marvelous, marvelous week. See if you can put a little meditation into your day. I'm Rolanda Watts, and I want to say thank you so much again for listening. Now go out there and do something good. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank <laughs> you.